Welcome to the Nerdoplexy Comic Movie Review Show. In this series, we are going to break down and analyze every comic movie released between 1989's Batman all the way to 2008's Iron Man. We are going to track the trends, hype the hits, and dunk on the duds, all in search of the perfect convergence of comics and cinema. Joining me on this epic journey is my longtime friend and frequent co-conspirator, Sam. Where do you put the cork when you put a cork in it? And also helping us debunk the mystery of the Chaos Bringer himself, Dennis the Menace. It's Dave. He's a foot short for his age, and he's cross-eyed. So sit back, relax, and grab your slingshots as we dive into Dennis the Menace. Woof. Yeah, so this one was released June 25th, 1993. Was this a first time viewing for either of you, gentlemen? I saw this movie in theaters. I feel like I probably saw it a long time ago. This is probably the first time where I actually know what's happening. This was a drive-in movie for me, absolutely. This was doubled up. I don't, hmm, I wonder if this timing is right, but I want to say that this was, it was Dennis the Menace and Beethoven. But I could just be seeing a double box DVD in uh, the Walmart bin. You know what I mean? I really love the Simpsons episode that comes from this, which is like two bad neighbors where Bart is Dennis. And instead of George Wilson, it's George Herbert Walker Bush. Hello, Mr. Bush. <laughs> and it's very funny. Well, that is pretty good. Um, Beethoven is 92. So it's, I think that might be probable that they were at the drive-in at the same time. Oh, yeah. Ah, I'll say it is. So this is Dennis the Menace. This one was written and produced, I believe, by 80s and 90s comedy writer man John Hughes. Mm -hmm. And directed by Nick Castle, a.k.a. Michael Myers. He's the shape in the first Halloween. Oh, this is that Nick yeah. Castle. Oh, that's exciting. See here, I was making a joke about him just being Nick Castle. <laughs> Frank Castle's, Frank Castle's older little brother. brother. Uh... <laughs> but yeah, that's him. He's a shape behind the camera. <laughs> this is, I think, probably the second time I've seen this movie. But for whatever reason, the trailer, I don't know that I'll ever forget. I was really brought on a, uh, what do they call that? A repressed memory of this child saying, hey, Mr. Wilson. Hey, Mr. Wilson! That unlocked a core memory in me, and it's not for the better. They also showed this to us on like half days at school. Way back when. Oh. So I've seen this movie a few times. I bet you this one came in a white clamshell VHS tape for sure. This is a Warner Brothers. So I was excited to see that logo intro, the, some bugs up front. This one stars uh, Walter Matthau, Mason Gamble as Dennis, Christopher Lloyd, and Leah Thompson. Those mm. uh, Back to the Future buds getting in there. As we're wont to do here, we plumb the depths of that IMDb page. <laughs> And got you some fun trivia. One of my favorites was slated to play Mr. Wilson was not Walter Matthau initially, but Leslie Nielsen. That would have been amazing. That would have been a wholly different movie. He was all tied up with surf ninjas. <laughs> I think he made so the right choice. Yeah. So he could. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't mean, think so either. <laughs> I think I would like to see what Leslie had to bring to the, to the Mr. Uh, Wilson role. I really liked seeing a young Natasha Leone show up in this movie as oh, the yeah. babysitter. It's Buzz's girlfriend. Poppy. Buzz, your girlfriend. Woof. Yes, Buzz's girlfriend. <laughs> There's a lot of Home Alone folks in this one. 
John Hughes was attached to that one as well. Jerry Goldsmith also, he's back for this pretty fun score. I really enjoyed this. He was having a good time. But this is John Hughes, so it's got to be in some idyllic suburb somewhere. This one's like Illinois. I think they're always Chicago suburbs. Home Alone was also, right? I believe so, yes. We see shots of Chicago later, so I'm guessing that that is the case. It might even be the same town as Home Alone. In the lore. In the deep lore. (laughs) In the (laughs) Hughesiverse. I do like this opening. We've got Walter Matthau, the grumpy old Mr. Wilson. He's out to get his paper, and then he hears a rumble in the distance, and it's fucking Dennis the Menace. Pulling, like, cobras and different massive bugs on the back of his trike. He initially appears truly menacing. Yeah, (laughs) And Mr. Wilson runs for his life. It's like the gang is riding into town the way this man runs away in total fear. And then... What do you guys think about this move? His first act as a character in this movie is to play possum and let a five-year-old loose in his room. That's nuts. And he just puts out unmarked pill bottles just as props to show how sick he is. Well, and they do make the point, though, in this movie to highlight that this is an idyllic town. Everybody can keep their doors unlocked. There's no problems here. I also would not let a neighbor kid go into my house, let alone my bedroom. I was really shook when he appeared in the house. I said out loud, oh my God, he's in the house. (laughs) Yeah. From a certain point of view, this is a horror movie. From every point of view, this is a horror movie. When Mr. Wilson was running away from Dennis before we had been revealed to the Lord of Chaos himself, (laughs) I was kind of giving him the business. And then they do like a horror zoom. It was like a Raimi shot. They zoom in over his shoulder and he turns to Cameron and says, hey, Mr. Wilson. And it's scary. He does go into Mr. Wilson's room and determines that he's so sick that he needs aspirin. And rather than try (laughs) to push it into his mouth, his first instinct is to change the delivery system slightly to a slingshot. (laughs) He does try to push it into his mouth and Mr. Wilson tries to bite him. But then he takes the slingshot to put the aspirin in his mouth. And the view that they give you is from inside the mouth. Almost identical to the Dr. Giggles. Yeah, I think so. Speaking of horror movies. What's the timeline? (laughs) That's a good question. Yeah, just a year before. It looks exactly the same. You're absolutely correct, Sam. I really hope that that is the same mouth. And hey, actually, guess what? Canonically, it is. We're saying it It now. And that is now the thing. I'll change it on Wikipedia. Come at me. Come at me. I'll go cite you. Cite these. A one and a two. (laughs) I'm all worked up. I'm all worked up. This madness energy. So, okay, Mr. Wilson just lays there and lets this toddler just fucking wreak havoc. Why is he doing this? Dumping pills everywhere. If I pretend I'm asleep, maybe he'll go away. He's a lot less grumpy than I expect him to be in this movie. He's actually, like, fairly reasonable. A couple times he flies off the handle, but... He's reasonable at times. He's reasonable most times. Consider that this happens to you, like you said. Say he didn't let this kid come into his bedroom. This kid breaks into his bedroom regularly. Enough so that he has a plan, and his plan is to just pretend like I'm asleep and maybe he'll just leave. Nothing's worked out so far. Right. If I had a kid who is that level of chaos, my door is locked. Sure. He's not coming in my house. Sure, but he's terrorized on the daily, and he keeps a pretty good attitude about it. He tells the dad to beat him with a belt. Dave, you brought up an interesting point. Who's to say that Mr. Wilson did not lock his doors? Exactly. 
I'm sure he did lock his doors. And Dennis just knows where the hide key is. Well, there's that. And Dennis has made it quite clear that he's good at breaking out of rope and all these other things, which means people are tying him in ropes regularly. Right. And that there, he regularly. does know that there is a way to tie him that he can't get out. Rope's too big and my legs are too small. So there's one instance where Dennis, <laughs> at least one instance where Dennis was tied and couldn't get out. Mm-hmm. And his parents are still willing to let anyone who's ever babysat him before take another crack. <laughs> probably knowing that they roped him, at least one of them. Well, that's because this is not a child. You have to stop thinking about Dennis as a human child because he is not, and he is a personification of pure chaos. And it's neither good nor bad. It is just solely chaos. Dennis himself does not actively take part in this often unwillingly. <laughs> He's involved in the chaos, but he must bring chaos. It's a supernatural being. It's just like Home Alone, but if it was by accident, all of the traps he set. Yeah. Like, I didn't mean to, but this is the way that I am, and it, and whatever damage it does to you, sorry. If you think about it like he is Tony Todd's child. Someone said menace four times into a mirror, and Dennis shows Well, no, up. but the Tony Todd from, like, Final Destination. Okay. Because these are, like, Rube Goldberg-style pranks that the universe causes around Dennis. <laughs> Do you think that this is death trying to get Dennis, but he's too squirrely? Exactly. It just slips off him. So I've created a better backstory where he's a very sickly child, and death is following him everywhere he goes, but he sidesteps it, and instead it creates chaos for other folks. Or, like Dead Like Me, he's a reaper, and he's supposed to Rube Goldbergian and cause other people's death. Yeah, I never saw the show, but I'll have to take you at your word. <laughs> if death is trying to kill anyone in this instance, it's Mr. Wilson. Yeah. Because Dennis almost kills him with the slingshot and the aspirin. Yeah, that would be enough to probably perforate your throat. <laughs> And I don't know if you know this about a throat. It shouldn't be perforated. That's like rule number one for the throat. He was like four inches away from his face when he let go of that thing, too. The possum strategy certainly didn't work out. Okay, so all things being said, this opening scene is a little shocking with the Dennis character. And it's a lot to take in. But I will say the actor playing Dennis is doing a great job. Oh, yeah. He's pulling off all these lines. He's selling the charm to Mrs. Wilson like none other. He's doing his zingers on time, and his reactions are not awful. Yeah, the only trivia I read was that there were a hopeful 20,000 people that were hoping to try out for a dentist, and uh, this kid like pulled a real worm out of his pocket in his tryout. No, like, that's the one. Yep. That, that is he. <laughs> so I think he may actually have been Dennis the Menace. Some kids just have that madness in their eyes. You know, when you look at them, you're like, wow, okay. Your parents don't get a lot of sleep. He used to be a doodle, and now he's real life, is what I'm saying. Right, yeah. right, 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 right. <laughs> I don't want to think of the acts that it took to get him. The spike of power. To be a person. It wasn't just the spike of power, though. <laughs> think of what Hollywood was trying to get done to get her to be a human. He finally transcended doodledom and was reborn in human form. God of chaos. Planted in Alice Mitchell's womb by Professor Genius. Oh, wait, no, that's that's the other one. And out came Mason Gamble. Dennis the Menace. Dennis the Menace. This is Marty's mom's punishment for trying to hook up mm-hmm. with Calvin Klein. She's been put in a time loop. Let's get into the rest of the cast, because we've got mom and dad, Alice and, you know, the dad. Uh, yeah, basically. And then you got Margaret. And Joey. Now, obviously, 
You read Dennis the Menace in the funny papers. Did you guys watch the cartoon? Because there was a cartoon out in the 90s as well, and that was my primary connection. It was on in and around Garfield, I want to say. That and Wish Kid were like two of my favorite cartoons when I was young. Dennis the Menace the cartoon felt less cartoony than Dennis the Menace the movie. I would actually agree with you there because I think this particular version of Dennis is a supernatural being, whereas that Dennis was just a kind of a shitty kid. The only like believable kid thing that happens in the movie is the scene where he goes boneless on the way to the babysitter's house, completely (laughs) collapses on the sidewalk. (laughs) He's got no bones today. The face he's making as he's being dragged across the sidewalk is pretty good. And I I can see that scene playing out in a suburb near me. Not only like boneless, but non-Newtonian. The harder you try to pick him up, the further to the ground he goes. It's like a magic power that kids have. So that was the only believable scene for me in this whole movie. It's the same thing they do when you're trying to put on their shoes. Their feet all of a sudden grow eight sizes and twist. It's like trying to put a cat in a carrier. They just can't. They just won't. Dennis's parents, obviously, they're kind of at their wits end. And his mom is starting a new job. It's the summertime. There's no school. And it's caused some chaos. And Dennis has to go stay at Margaret Wade's house. If you know the comics, you know, Margaret is a character. But don't worry. His friend Joey will be there as well. So the whole gang is staying at the Wade's for summer. And they have some fun adventures. They do a little treehouse thing. I think all the kids are really good. Joey's pretty funny. Getting ragged on. The girl playing Margaret is really good. Margaret makes Joey kiss her doll's butt. (laughs) (laughs) Good move. Yeah. They put a lot of weight on these kids, especially in the beginning here. And the dialogue is pretty intense for kid actors and these are young kids and they're doing a great job when margaret calls joey a baby rump kisser the only laugh i had in the whole movie i had a couple but i'm really into physical comedy so fair this is the opposite of dave's thing this is little kids hurting adults instead of the other way around (laughs) (laughs) he does get abducted later yeah but he kind of wanted to he was like i'm so glad i found an adult because he knew he could bring chaos you're saying he was asking for it he literally was Okay. (laughs) Speaking of karmically asking for it, Mr. Wilson has got one of the finest gardens in town, and he has spent the last 40 years cultivating a night-blooming something or other. Night-blooming mock orchid. A very fancy-pants flower that I'm sure nothing bad will happen to or around by the end of this movie. It only blooms for 40 seconds. I'm sure nothing bad will happen around the end of the second act. I'm pretty sure that flower's going to be fine. (laughs) Everyone's going to get to enjoy it to their full potential. A night-blooming MacGuffin plant. Night-blooming mock orchid. (laughs) I really like the treehouse and the kids' interaction. They found, like, an old treehouse in the woods, and they're going to fix it up. They have a good discussion on how babies are made, too. (laughs) That, that that, That scene went on a little longer than I thought. They have to be installed. By a minister and doctor. Through the belly button. Yeah, the belly button opens up. This is just really clever writing. I mean, honestly, Hughes is great at this kind of stuff. But these lines are so clever in that the things they are saying are obviously a story that the bedraggled dad told Dennis when Dennis would not stop talking about it. Because Dennis is a really smart kid and figures out babies have to come from somewhere. And 
these reasoned answers later when Buzz is reading him the story in the bathtub and he says, how could a train grow bigger? He says, well, if he eats all his coal and gets plenty of sleep. That's something his mother or his father told him Mm -hmm. after he is asked that. The answer is immediate and rational. And I feel like that's just really good writing on Hughes' part here. Get that whole story all in one second. Very cool stuff. Deliver great. Mason Gramble. What is it? Gamble? Gamble. Yeah. Whatever. Dennis is great job. You also get the idea that Buzz really doesn't like the story because he has a hard time reading it. Something about <laughs> that his illiteracy makes him like angry. Sababid. At it. Huffy the little mail train was just a little too hard for Mickey to read. Pretty tough, but hey, he got a little makeout sesh later, so that's fine. But I did want to just mention there's a part where all of the kids play hide and seek later that night. I get that this is an idyllic Illinois whatever, but there's like 110 kids just running around at night all through this neighborhood actively hiding. <laughs> yeah, and, that, that, and Dennis is cheating with that cross-eyed kid. Mm-hmm. Gunther's great. <laughs> the only part of the movie I actively remembered was the gif of him just going, yep. It's the only part I remember from the movie before watching it. And we see that here the depths of Mr. Wilson's pettiness where he sees Dennis's cheating at hide and seek and tries to even the odds. Mm-hmm. Mrs. Wilson is great here, though. I mean, all, all the scenes with Mrs. Wilson are just, just a lot of fun. She's bringing some gravitas to this that this movie doesn't deserve. I wrote her name down, Joan Plowright or something like that. Yeah, she does. Yeah, Joan Plowright. That's Plowright, Dave. This is my life. Okay, it's out of my system. I'm good. We're back. We're we're back. We're back to jokes. We're back to jokes. Okay, so this is when we get introduced to one of the craziest characters. Christopher Lloyd's Switchblade Sam. Mm-hmm. He just like looks so off. He's so clearly a madman. He should have been on everyone's radar. They never should have left him alone until he left town. Unearthly, like a ghoul. He looks like he walked straight out of Nightmare Before Christmas. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's... <laughs> yeah, he hopped a train in Halloween Town and ended up in, in the real world. Christopher Lloyd was 90s weirdo, huh? This man is from a totally different movie. This man wandered off of the set of like Twin Peaks and just landed smack dab in this John Hughes flick. One day, my log will have something to say about this. Now, could it be since this Leah Thompson is off of a frayed universe from Back to the Future, perhaps this is Doc Brown after time traveling one too many oh, times. Oh, man. Too many times he's lost. He's in his own loop. As I recall, the third movie does end on a train. The time continuum has been disrupted, creating this new temporal event sequence resulting in this alternate reality. English, Doc. Here, here, here. Somewhere in the past, the timeline skewed into this tangent, creating an alternate 1985. Precisely how time travel can be misused and why the time machine must be destroyed. Now we're getting somewhere. (laughs) I like that. Okay, so evil Doc Brown... Mm -hmm. Sees the idyllic, beautiful Norman Rockwell, whatever town he says. I bet they don't even lock their doors. And then I've got to say, my dude spends a lot of time hanging around at the playground. Not a great look. Not a good look. So before that, Doc Brown steals Margaret's doll for reasons. 
because he doesn't even hear that it's like worth money until afterwards. He's already gone. Unless he has like real like big knowledge on antique dolls or <laughs> or he took it for sex reasons. Oh, jeez. Uh, or, you know, like on oh. Freaky, maybe he was just looking to decorate his hidey hole with yeah. doll heads. But don't they do those for sex too? Yeah, they do. It's bad. It's a bad thing you said. Just wanted to be scary, I'm guessing. I'm guessing. I don't know. It's bad. He steals the doll. Why? This is the wrong character for this movie. This is like, I understand they're trying to do a more extreme wet bandit here, Mm -hmm. but they've gone too far. This bandit is drenched. (laughs) Drenched. (laughs) He should be drowned. (laughs) He terrorizes Gunther for no reason. Also... Why are there so many shirtless kids in this movie? Gunther doesn't get a shirt the whole movie. Dennis spends the first half with just overalls. When I first saw Dennis, I couldn't tell when the movie was taking place. Because he looks like a 40s ragamuffin and everything else is kind of modern. 90s cars, but everyone dresses like it's the 50s. Threw me off. In the comic, he has a t-shirt underneath those overalls. He gets one eventually. Yeah, I don't know. Eventually. It was a weird Tom Sawyer look right up front, especially when he's like creeping around an old man's bedroom. Yeah. Didn't like it. Uh, Nurbot cut that. That you didn't like it? <laughs> so this is when we see Natasha Leone, Polly, the babysitter. She rolls up. This is great. She gives some uh, some great attitude. She rolls up with a football helmet. And Mr. Mitchell's like, oh, um... You brought a football helmet? She said, yeah. Well, my girlfriend used to babysit for Dennis. She said, bring a helmet and wear pants. Because, I mean, I guess she needs to stay mobile because this kid's a handful, you know what I mean? Mm. But I thought that was just really funny because he's just he's just a little devil. That's all there is to it. He might literally be the beast. <laughs> well, you know, I don't know because he doesn't really have Damon qualities. So he's like the son of chaos or something. I don't know if there's a term for that, but he's not quite antichristy. Because, like, Damien is always spooky and seems to be reveling in it. When bad things happen, he's not, like, problem-childing it where he loves it. He's just like, ooh, shit, ooh, gotta go. So he's, like, true neutral. He's not trying to hurt people. (laughs) But when people are hurt, it's like, what's to be done? And he does eventually feel bad. But this is the ding-dong ditch prank where actually Buzz is trying to prank Dennis because Dennis has been pranking them, interrupting their sick makeout sessions. Sick? Like, not like sick, but like they're, they're necking. They're necking sessions. He's interrupted them. So Mr. Wilson's having a day because Dennis shot paint on his chicken. Love that paint glob CGI. Oh, yeah, with the wood chips in there. It didn't look bad. Look like flubber. Yeah, not too bad. This is, hey, this is Jurassic Park here, baby. <laughs> we oh, can do this. We watched this instead of Jurassic Park. <laughs> oh, man. Right? Yeah, it's not a, It's not on the list. It wasn't a comic. You were saying that uh, Dennis shot paint onto his chicken, and then he's coming over. That slow chew scene. I'm almost gagged watching Mr. Wilson chew on this paint. And wood chip covered chicken. Well, he's so calm and he still keeps chewing. He's like, tastes funny. He also knows what paint tastes like. The grill caught on fire. I thought that's what was going to happen, that the paint was going to fall on there and it was going to catch on fire and it was going to burn all the chicken to like ashes. But it like cooked it perfectly. Yeah, double covered and smothered that shit. (laughs) 
Anyway, all this to say, this is why Mr. Wilson goes back to the house to get proof that Dennis did, in fact, do that deed. And he goes through the garage. He takes a look at the vacuum. Looks like it has some paint on it. Uh, He messes around with some settings on the vacuum for some reason. Mm -hmm. He turns it on. (laughs) It sucks in a golf ball. And then it aims that golf ball directly at his, his butt and balls. Yep. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then he hits, uh, he hits the reverse button on uh-huh. the vacuum cleaner, and it does shoot the golf ball at his button balls. At his button balls. So at this point, he has the proof he needs to say, yes, you could indeed suck paint up and then shoot it onto my grill from the neighbor's house. So he goes to the door, and that prank that Buzz does do, putting the thumbtack through a piece of scotch tape, and they had some some other things rigged up, but uh, Miss Polly dumped water. Yeah, Mr. Wilson, he does press the doorbell, it stabs him, and then he gets water dumped on him and then flour thrown at his face, uh-huh, uh-huh. essentially just antiquing him. And, uh, <laughs> and and Buzz just says, like, I'm sorry, dude, and then like closes the door. But <laughs> the thing I thought was weird about that was he went back to his wife and said, you know, you, you think he, that Dennis is just a harmless kid? Whenever, observably, it wasn't Dennis that did any of that to him at this point. That wasn't a Dennis prank. Well, it's enough to prove his point. It was at least like a year or two of terror from Dennis. So that he had to know it was connected. But the illustration was that he was wearing the flower. Well, Mr. Wilson's not innocent. He's trying to implicate Dennis. At this point, he knows Dennis is at heart responsible, I guess. Well, here's my thing about Mr. Wilson. He's just done all the same things that Dennis did, but he only hurt himself. So the sequence of events is exactly the same. Dennis sucks up a bunch of paint in a shop bag and then notices the out switch and pushes the out switch and it happens to shoot the paint. And Mr. Wilson did the same thing. So I don't know. I think he doth protest too much. He also did a B&E. Yes. I mean, a couple of times. He says that when he was a kid, he wasn't a piece of shit like this little fucker. <laughs> you mean the uh, low life? Ass wipe, egg sucker, oh. dickhead. That's a direct quote. And that's actually what he says. And I, I yeah. was shocked. I was shocked. I, I would have figured that this was a G or PG at least. But I mean. I think you get to call a five-year-old a little fucker once in a PG movie. Mm-hmm. Is that how is yeah, that is? The rules. Yeah, okay. If you've just been shot in the balls with a golf ball, <laughs> then you get, to, you get to say one fucker. That's the rule. Any of these little fuckers ever pop out of the fucking wall and say, fuck, there's a horse cock in my room or a donkey dick? So he calls him a little fucker, like he, like he does. But I think he's really, I think he was a little fucker, if I'm being honest. The, uh, maybe it's just my old age catching up to me, but uh-huh. I did find Mr. Wilson to be, all things considered, all terrible, horrible things that have happened to him considered, pretty nice guy. I disagree. Pretty nice to Dennis, even. Even his wife calls him a grump. He doesn't spend the whole time screaming at Dennis, though. Half the time, he's just sort of like playfully letting him do his thing. He does do, you know, he has to do a big thing to get Dennis to run away at the end or whatever. That's the only time when I was like, that was probably didn't fit the actual action. Every other time, I'm like, he should probably be calling the police, not talking to his dad. He doesn't suffer in silence because he basically calls customer service on Dennis Mm -hmm. to Mm -hmm. his dad. Mm -hmm. And his dad, he says, yeah, 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 and walks away. Okay, Boomer, and then walks away. Yeah, which I think, Sam, you do have a point there. He doesn't really do over much. I'm going to go back to he does tell his dad to beat him with a belt. Well, he's from a different time. Okay, but when he's rude to Mrs. Wilson, 
he has a great emotional apology. Mm-hmm. That scene when he thinks he's actually, you know, he's having an actual moment with his wife, and it turns out it is, in fact, a, a dog. That's our favorite of those things, close eye, kiss, and finding out that it's a dog's tongue, or just <laughs> any animal's tongue, really. You're right. I think, uh, Sam, that he, he does take a lot of this on the chin, so to speak. He doesn't give as good as he gets, I think. He gets it bad. I mean, consider the next scene where Dennis is going to apologize to Mr. Wilson for painting his chicken. Mm -hmm. So he's owned up to the fact that he did, in fact, do that thing. He did do the thing. And he brings the letter in. He he can't just give it to Mrs. Wilson. He needs to take it upstairs and put it by his shaving stuff. And then this is the point where I thought, surprisingly, because every other thing felt kind of not malicious, but there's no good, like, even kid reasoning for, like, emptying his nasal spray and filling it with mouthwash and emptying his mouthwash and filling it with, like, floor cleaner. Like, that could potentially poison and kill someone if they didn't realize that that's what it was. So... It took its turn from like jovial, like madcap, funny stuff happening sort of by accident to being like, wow, it's an attempted homicide. He's really messing with this floor. Yeah. And then like he he gets, sees his teeth and he plays with those and then knocks the teeth into the sink and replaces them with chiclets. Uh, I mean, <laughs> well, here's it's a pretty, gr- pretty so- grotesque false teeth bit. Hearing you say it, it made me laugh, but seeing it happen, it did not. So he's playing with the dentures, and he knocks out the teeth, and he replaces them with chiclets, but he goes home and gets the chiclets. Does Mrs. Wilson let him back up a second time? I think he runs in without her knowing. He does another break and entering. He sneaks out and sneaks back in? Okay, yeah, that's what I'm thinking as well. Because he knows he's done something bad, and he doesn't want to own up to it, and that's another problem Dennis has. Sure, a lot of the things could be chalked up to mistakes, but you got to own it. You got to own them. Tell Mr. Wilson, like, hey, you're, I knocked your teeth down the sink. The bit where he's, like, just talking with his false teeth is so grotesque. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm Mr. Wilson. Here's my big old chumper. Yeah, I did not like that. It's Well, because he's about to leave, and then he sees them, and, like, the chaos pulls him back in. He can't resist the pull. <laughs> It's too much. There's a lot of weird forcing things into people's mouth in this movie. It's visceral. Normally, we're taking stuff out. This one, we're putting them in. Forcing beans into Switchblade Sam's mouth. Which takes me to the Dennis the Menace parody porner. Oh, no. No, I just have a title. It's Dennis the Licentious. It's good. Oh. Yeah. High level. I, I tried there's a couple other things like you've been doing the crosswords, huh? Like Dennis the Penis. Dennis the Penis. Denise the Menace. Yeah, Denise the Mistress. Something yeah. like that. Oh. Licentious was too good. It was very good. It's just a good vocabulary word. You should have that one in your back pocket. But the chiclet teeth thing was a pretty good bit. Walter Matthau looked very funny in his picture in the newspaper. That's a good visual gag. You got two big chiclet teeth right up front. Well, Dennis spends the weekend with them because his parents need to go out of town. And this is the big garden party weekend. Oh, crazy. This is where Jim Plowright gets a great scene where she uh, tucks Dennis into bed after he's had a bath. Dennis has a great line, actually, when he's (laughs) in the tub. And she's like, are you ready to get out? Or are you you wrinkled enough or whatever? And he says, Not unless you want to play with the storks, sir. That's a good line. It is. And. She is so grounded in this movie. She is, like you said earlier, she brings such gravitas to this movie where it just doesn't seem to make sense. That poem that she recites off of the top of her head. Was, oh, that's great. So good. 
When you know that she doesn't have kids, you know, like that kind of stuff. And it was just a wonderful little moment. And then Mr. Wilson's being a grump grump. But, I mean, he does apologize. Wow, the five-year-old tried to poison me. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I just bumped a rail of uh, toilet cleaner. (laughs) How did he fill up that sink so fast? I thought he put his face into the toilet at first. I thought it was his toilet, too, yeah. I thought it was the toilet as well. Maybe that was like the truth according to Mr. Wilson. I'm I'm guessing that was probably the turlet. There's another studio note. It's the garbage shoot from TMNT3 all over again. Oh. Oddly, he came out and said, I hate spinach. Just picking his teeth. <laughs> One of the other pranks we get is the mothball to the canoe chop. Yeah, again, that one was accidental. Miss. Well, and I don't even think that was Dennis's fault, if I'm being honest. Right, the the box was pretty loose at the bottom. He just picks it up and smells it. That rope should have been tied a little better, holding the canoe up. He just touched it and it fell apart. That's not really Dennis's fault. It's just the power of chaos. And the canoe almost did crush Mr. Wilson's balls. Also, So that was a near miss there. But at the end of the day, he couldn't find the lanterns and Dennis found the lanterns. And at the end of the day, he couldn't have kids anyway, so... <laughs> and maybe this is why. Maybe it was another previous canoe accident. Nothing that could be helped, really. Yeah, this kind of canoe hijinks. That's why I had to put it upstairs yeah. in the attic. I did like Dennis's line after that happens. He pulls a lantern off of Mr. Wilson's face. He says, I think I better go play outside. Very good. This kid's got skills. He's got uh, he's got moves. All through this, we've seen Sam Switchblade like running through that the neighborhood stealing people's stuff. But this is the night of the big party. The garden party is going to be at Mr. Wilson's house, and everybody's coming. And the caterers are all there, and all this stuff. Dennis is there, and he's doing his very best to not fuck everything up. But oh boy, he's just got to open that garage door, and he does. And then he ruins all the dessert uh, and is sent up to this room. But while he's there, he hears old Switchblade Sam cracking the safe and stealing Mr. Wilson's Crown Royal bag full of gold coins. Full of doubloons. Yeah, he does have pirate (laughs) treasure. In a Crown Royal bag. That's a Crown Royal. Most certainly is. (laughs) Purple bag. There's another interstitial switchblade sam scene where he stabs an apple that's in a kid's hand with a knife and the trivia i read about that is that after filming the scene the little kid playing the role was so frightened of christopher lloyd that he wouldn't approach him afterwards on the set i'm still that frightened of christopher lloyd what he looks like a scary monster man that's (laughs) fucked up yeah sure a kid in the same room he was gonna pick that kid up by his face and call him a bitch is what it looked like he was gonna do (laughs) slightly less scary than than his roger rabbit character i think I don't know. Oh, yeah, actually. Dirtier. Definitely dirtier. Definitely dirtier. That was never up for debate. It looks like that fucking thing from Mulholland Drive. You know. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It does. I had to watch a two-hour movie about what that movie was about. You'd send that to me. I just watched it last night. I don't think it was great, but I think it was extremely interesting. I told Stevie to watch Mulholland Drive like way back when. He goes, you're never allowed to tell me to watch a movie again. (laughs) (laughs) No, I think that's a great movie, actually. I like it, too, but he was not having it. I'll send you the video that explains it all. Thank you. I told Dad to watch Mulholland Drive, and he instead watched Mulholland Falls, and he was like, it's a pretty good cop movie, I guess. <laughs> I was like, wait, that's not it. That's not the one. I just watched Mulholland Drive last night, and just today I was listening to a podcast, and they talked about Mulholland Falls. This is fucking weird. That is weird. That's a chicken of a totally different paint job. That's a movie I'll have to rewatch again in like a year from now, and I'll think about it different, I'm sure. 
But yeah, no, it's. I think it's good, and I wish it could have been a series because there's lots of crazy bullshit to get into. More dream stuff, I think, would have been par for the course. But you know, I'm very surprised they were able to make that serviceable a movie out of that. So I mean, pretty cool. Yeah, Switchblade Sam just stole the doubloons and got away. And Dennis notices that the safe is open, and he runs out to tell Mr. Wilson that he's been robbed just in time to turn everyone away from his night-blooming 40-year-old plant. Just him. Everybody else sees it. Yeah, that's true. You'd think that they would be taking a video of it. I mean, there was video back then. A picture, at least. Anything. Mr. Wilson blames Dennis for making him miss it, but honestly... If I'm staring at a thing I've been waiting 40 years for and the kid yells, Mr. Wilson, I'm not going to turn. I'm just going to look at it. I'm going to go, what? And look right back. The other question I had, and he may be some expert botanist or something that you can pinpoint to the day that it's (laughs) going to bloom. Or does he sit outside at midnight every night just waiting to see if it blooms? (laughs) No, he was able to pinpoint to the day. He said it's exactly 40 years from when the seed goes in on a full moon. From when the seed goes in. Does the seed have to go in on a full moon? I don't know the answer to this. It's 40 years and then a full moon, and then that baby will bloom. 40 years and then a full moon. There's a lot of places for that to break down, and hard to plan a party around it, but they did do it. Plot reasons. Plot? It's plot plant. Plot? It's a plot plant. plant. It's a night-blooming MacGuffin. Night-blooming mock orchid. Plotius plantablumicus. Isn't there a thing called like the corpse plant that does that? It blooms once and then it dies. It smells like ass. I think the corpse plant just smells bad. I don't think it just blooms once though. Yeah. Once a year or something. I don't know. But then George Wilson goes on this huge rant about how you're a pest, a menace, a selfish, spoiled little boy, and I have no use for you. You took something from me that I could never get back. Something that means more to me than you ever will. You understand? I don't want to see you. I don't want to know you. Get out of my way. (laughs) To a five-year-old. It's very sad. But you have to consider the damage. He's done a lot of damage to this man. Literally. And very recently, this dude did do some damage to his own balls and butt. (laughs) So, I mean, who's acting rationally at that point in time? Consider the bruises. The scrotal damage itself. Scrotal contusions. The testicular torsion. Yes. (laughs) All of the things you don't want to have to have. I'd be that mad. It's the beginning of the third act. Dennis, he's got to get out of here. He runs away. He's on his way to the treehouse. He runs in to Sam. To a hunched over visage. Yeah, they have a little bit of talk about what hostages do and and other such things, and how he'd love to be his hostage, but first he's got to go home and pack a couple things and tell his parents. And <laughs> Yeah, they're going to ride the rails. And just so long as he's done being hostage by the next day so he can go to church. Tells him to shut his yap, and he goes, what's a yap? And he goes, your mouth. He goes, I can't. I have allergies. There's <laughs> a lot of good stuff. Oh, the, the tying up scene, and I'll, I'll show you how to actually tie someone up. All very good, but <laughs> what I really loved, so Sam gets tied up, by Dennis, and he's going to let him out, but drops the key in the big old boiling pot of beans. That's a 10-pound can of, of baked beans. And he force, he beans force feeds my man hot beans. Yeah, it's like one of the first scenes in the movie 7. 
I thought for sure his yes. stomach was going to split. Oh my god! Well, it's horrifying. Yeah. This is like this is actual body horror. And you know he eats that key. You knew he was going to. Yeah, he had to have eaten the key. And then they have a fire fart gag, which was pretty good. <laughs> a pretty good, pretty good. And then hog he, tied. He drops an entire like what's that wood on a train track called? He just drops one of those. A railroad tie. Thank you. This is where I wrote that this is like just condensed Home Alone. Mm-hmm. All of the best bits that they do in um, Home Alone, New York, or whatever it's called. <laughs> Home Alone 2. Home Alone 2. <laughs> he, like, throws bricks at their heads from the top of a building. Yeah. So. Well, in this one, he lights his butt on fire, and he jumps in the water, and he lands on, like, a dumpster that's just under the water. He lights his whole body on fire. He lights a blanket on fire and tucks him in. He does that, too. Very luckily, though, he does have flame-retardant underwear. And lucky for us, or else we'd be looking at Christopher Lloyd's butthole for like <laughs> for like the last 15 minutes of the movie. <laughs> Gorged butthole at that, because he dropped an ember in there first. Oh, well, yeah, that's why it's when he lit his butthole on fire. <laughs> it was an ember from that, and then he hits him with a railroad tie and says, oh, you're so sleepy, uh, and he puts a blanket on him, and the blanket catches on fire. Then he jumps in the water to put himself out again and lands on the dumpster again. And the third time, <laughs> he's been hoisted. Into the sky and lands again. The second time I thought it was funny and got a genuine laugh. The third time I thought, eh, okay. But what did make me laugh was that Sam's switchblade goes shooting up in the air and does stab him, presumably in his booty hole. Yeah, <laughs> right up it. Instead of a dick choke, <laughs> they got a knife right up his... <laughs> right up it. it must be that. I can't... They zoomed in right on his booty hole, and I have to imagine that switchblade went right in there. Seems likely. It's actually the most likely scenario. I didn't laugh when it happened, but hearing you guys talk about it is killing me. <laughs> I'm hoping Sam cuts in the noise from it, because it goes up, and it comes in, and then he goes, Ooh! <laughs> It's really visceral. It's rough. At least it didn't make a squelching sound, too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was a studio note. I bet it did at one point. Dennis emerges as the chaos-inducing sadistic hero. A tied and bound. <laughs> yeah, with his fucking bloody butt to the breeze. He drags his man all the way home. Mr. Wilson. He's covered in third-degree burns. Gives him a big old hug. All is well. The case is solved. All thousand kids run out on the streets and throw their own shit at Switchblade Sam as they drive him out of town. Joe had a line like, this is my buddy. This is my pal. I thought that was a really good read for that. Mr. Wilson, after Dennis runs away, he obviously starts to feel pretty bad about it. And uh, he, he does go looking for him. Yeah, he goes looking for him, tries to find him. He does give up before daylight. We know that. Right. Well, no, he stays on his porch thinking like he's going to come try to terrorize me soon. Yeah, then he shows up. They apprehend Switchblade Sam. Dennis gives Switchblade Sam his knife back. Yes. Because he has his hands cuffed in front of him. Now, that's because he is the one who cuffed him. I guess they figured that was good enough. We don't need to cuff him again with our cuffs. <laughs> uh, the child did it. So he hands him a knife and then... His last action on screen is he one final attempt to stab a child. <laughs> but, but luckily, they're closing the door on his hands right at that time, and, and 
undoubtedly breaks most of his fingers, his phalanges, and would make it easier for him to wiggle out of those those cuffs. But still, he does have a lot of broken bones and fingers and an extra butthole. One advanced butthole. Dennis is not done terrorizing. Mr. Wilson admits he's totally reformed and he would love to watch Dennis anytime they would need. And then takes a flaming marshmallow right in the face. And then he uh, goes and kills a lady in his mom's office with a. Uh... <laughs> I wrote that he doesn't assault, but it could be a murder. <laughs> he does. Again, this is one of the accidental ones, right? He just hits the print button. He didn't know that it was going to pull in her tie. That's the final destination of it all, where he's he is death following these people and just near missing every one of them. Exactly. He's just the conduit for death's icy grasp. What I did like, and I don't know if this is the first time we've- That should be the tagline for the movie. <laughs> yes. I don't know if this is the first time we've had one of these, but I did like that there was a mid-credit scene. This was the mid-credit scene. I think this is the first, like, stinger Yeah, there's, or whatever there's, in any... there's some credits roll, and then we come back to the movie. Probably as you're walking out of the movie theater, you're like, oh, there's more movie? That aggressively child-free chick gets hers. Yeah. <laughs> yes, she does. Well, she is the swift hand of justice is brought down on her and she is killed. Roll credits, <laughs> baby. <laughs> so oh, that was Dennis the Menace. Oddly enough, this is from a Brubaker comic of Dennis the Menace. Dennis Dementist. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is a comic, not quite a book per se, but it has been in the strip. So let's. Check that out in the comic convergence. If you tell me this is actually ripped from the funnies, I'm going to eat my hat. No part of this is something that came directly from the funnies, except for his name. I didn't read a bunch of them to say. There is plentiful amounts of Dennis the Menace material. I'm just saying it was probably more incidentally hitting the parts that might have been in comics. You don't think that he stabbed an escaped felon in the butthole in, in the, the butt. Sunday funnies? I'm sure that's... No, I don't think he did that. <laughs> Dave, I got to tell you, they launched these babies March 12th, 1951. They've been running. It's 2022. These things are still running. Holy shit. <laughs> Someone's been stabbed in the butthole. <laughs> they were written by Hank Ketchum. Ash's dad. You got to catch them all. And he was making comics and he couldn't find... Uh, subject and then one day his actual kid a four-year-old refused to take a nap and had made a complete mess of his room and he was making a comic about that he thought what if that kid stabbed someone in the butt <laughs> in the butthole yeah shot aspirin into someone's mouth with a slingshot funny you should mention because just after that happened his mother came in the room and said your son is a menace and they said oh dennis the menace so his name is Hank. His son's name was Dennis Ketchum, and his wife's name is Alice. So they um, kept all the names of the characters the same. So yeah, he just made a comic about his kid. I made a big mistake. I typed in Dennis Ketchum into Google, and the first thing that pops up is the tragic true story of Dennis the Menace. Oh, no. I'm not going to read it, <laughs> because because <laughs> then I have plausible deniability. <laughs> He's probably in jail for stabbing someone in the butt. Here's the thing. The blonde Dennis the Menace with the overalls and the slingshot and the terrorizing Mr. Wilson. That isn't the only Dennis the Menace that exists. Do you guys 
know anything about Dennis the Menace or perhaps what may be known as, uh, uh, you might recognize, Dennis the Menace and Nasher, the British Dennis the Menace. Yeah, there's a whole lot of the Dennis the Menace. And it came out basically at the exact same time. It was like March of 1951. So released almost exactly simultaneously. It's a story about a bad kid and his bad dog who like to rough up uh, quote-unquote softies or effeminate well-behaved boys. Oh, man. <laughs> um, and yeah, he's extremely popular. He comes from a comic called The Beano. I need an instant editorial on the origination because I see here Ketchum got the idea in 1951 after his wife told him that their son, Dennis, then four years old, had destroyed his room by throwing around fecal matter from his pants. <laughs> Alice was so mad, she called her son a menace. You didn't get that story? That wasn't in your half? No, I didn't. I didn't delve. I didn't delve that deep. Saying thank you, Sam, for really getting in there. Yeah. In the muck and the mire, if you will. Yeah. I will. In the shit. In the human shit that that child threw all over the walls. Well, that sucks. I wish I didn't know that. Um, <laughs> neither Dennis the Menace or Dennis the Menace and Nasher are as bad as that. I'll tell you that. But they both exist. It's a weird thing. In the UK, Dennis the Menace was from the Beano. And Dennis the Menace America was referred to and released. The movie itself was released under the name Dennis. As to not confuse anyone to think that this was a Dennis the Menace and Nasher vehicle. Speaking of confusion, I was confused before we started watching this because I kept putting it, in, it together in my mind with Problem Child. Yes. Yeah, similar feel. But he's A worse. more lighthearted. Right? He's much, he's much worse. He's worse, yeah, yeah, and yeah. John Ritter's in that one. The difference is, really, these things just happen around Dennis. The Problem Child is actively trying to torture Right, people. he's a little terrorist, where Dennis is just an agent of chaos. Chaos is fair. He wants to know if you want to know how he got these scars. Because he was roughhousing. <laughs> Talk too much shit to Switchblade Sam. Ask too many questions. Put a little smile on his face. Oh, God. <laughs> Yikes. Well, Sam is really my villain for this episode for letting me know um, <laughs> about that Dookie Facts. You can go to DookieFacts.com. Uh, <laughs> Why am I going to type this in? Is it real? No. God, don't type. I'm not typing that in. I think Dave might be the real villain, but it is uh, the segment that we like. It's who's your hero, who's your villain. My hero is um, Mrs. Wilson, by far and away. She always wanted to be helpful, and also she didn't advocate for beating kids with a belt. Again, you're judging him in the wrong era, Dave. I mean, it's not like he brought that up multiple times. He never laid hands on anybody. He never tried to do a belt. He just brought it up that his dad probably would have beat him with a belt. They used to do it differently, and kids had respect when I was young. I'm not saying that's a good idea. Mrs. Wilson's my hero because she wanted to recite a poem to this neighbor child. I think there's a lot of reasons why she could be your hero. Not beating someone with a belt, that's a pretty low bar. <laughs> well, well, well this movie has a lot of low bars for adults, but she's definitely like the most caring person in this movie. Yeah, she's the best character, hands down. My hero is going to be George Wilson. Because even though he was literally terrorized from start to finish, 
He stayed relatively even keeled. Uh, he never took it into his own hands. He never abused the kid. And he's somebody who obviously the cops don't listen to because the cops know about Dennis. We learn that at the very end because they say, yeah, you, you just met Dennis, you know, whatever. Dennis, Dennis Mitchell. Dennis Mitchell. This is what he does to people just by accident. And Mr. Wilson would have had to have probably called the cops on him a few times. And they just don't listen to him anymore. And that makes me sad. <laughs> he was in the Navy. You know, he used to be. <laughs> he was in the Navy. He was a postman for 43 years. Yeah, he's, he's earned some respect in his old age, I'd think. Certainly some, at least. My hero's going to go ahead and be Gunther, that little kid. Just some great looks. Poor guy got his apple stolen, but he's just there. He's still ready to party. I really like Gunther. I also really like Joey as well. I mean, honestly, I was going to say Mrs. Wilson because she's just the best character there is, but they've said that. So, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and say Gunther, the kid with the apple. Just good looks. He can make his eyes cross. Hopefully by now he can watch... Back to the Future Without Crying. <laughs> uh, let's move on to villains. I'm going to go ahead and say that my villain is Mr. Wilson. He's pretty bad up front. He's a real grump. He does have his moments. I thought that moment when he's talking to Mrs. Wilson is really nice when he's apologizing. But yeah, he's kind of a dookie man. And I, 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 didn't, uh, I didn't like his attitude for 90% of the movie. I want to make Dennis my villain, but it won't. My villain is probably that lady who does end up getting killed by the scanner fax copy machine. She sucks real hard. <laughs> the point is, she was a real jag in the original meeting. Alice Mitchell had some ideas about putting a toy store up at the top floor to drive some crowds up there, get some other people that want to rent the third floor because it's not really the best floor of a mall. Yeah, so, I mean, she had some ideas, and she just got shut down because she's a mom, you know, whatever. She's a real jerk. Pretty dismissive, yeah. And then it came time for her to maybe hook Alice up into not having to go on a business trip, which ultimately put her kid in danger. But had she been home, probably wouldn't have been the case. And also, the garden party would have gone off without a hitch. I mean, she really ruins everything <laughs> in this movie. She, she, she kind does. Of does. Yeah. Out of spite. She didn't have anywhere to go either. She was just sitting at home. My villain are the caterers. They put that table with all the desserts and all the coffee extremely close um, to that garage you know, door. If it were me, if I'm a caterer, I'm making probably what was minimum wage in 1991. Not much less than it is now. It's probably like four bucks, give or take. And uh, most garage doors, they just go straight up. That one opens out. I mean, I don't know. Unless they'd seen the door open. And probably Mr. Wilson was like, yeah, put it up against the garage door. We're not going to open the garage door for the party. I don't know. Dennis is a villain for pressing the button. He doesn't know what the button's for. Well, Dennis clearly, I think... He presses the button anyway. I was going to choose Dennis as my villain as well, but it just seems too obvious. It's in the title. He is the menace of this society here. He's clearly a villain. He's second worst to only to Switchblade Sam. He doesn't want to. He tries to not push it. It just doesn't... Yeah, he, he just didn't can't. want to do it, but he was drawn in. He had to jump up to do it. He also had to jump up to push the print button, but... He has no restraint. He's five. No five-year-old has restraint. I'm sticking with it. The caterers should have placed that more carefully. There you have it. No five-year-old should have their run of a cul-de-sac. I would agree with so that. So then the he... parents are the villain. Could be. He's on his own a lot. That's all I'll say. He's a Gen Xer, latchkey, latchkey kid, kid at kid. best. Yeah. <laughs> he's like my no, he's, age. He's younger than us because this movie came out in 93 and he was, what, five? Yeah, it would have been 10. We were 10. He's your age, Sam. Although he's probably was like 10, honest to God. 
he's a human as probably smack dab in the millennials, mm-hmm. but the story itself clearly written for that era that had just passed. Certainly. Well, this one um, didn't pass by the box office. I don't know. It did fine. The budget was 35 mil. The opening week was, oh, I'm sorry. I tell a lie. The gross US was 51. So pretty good. The total worldwide, 117 mil. That's Jeez. pretty crazy. Also, where did that 35 mil Had go? Had some legs. Christopher Lloyd. All marketing? <laughs> yeah, Christopher Lloyd. And that paint shot. He was pretty hot at the time. Christopher Lloyd, John Hughes, you got to pay. Yeah, that, I'd probably cost him a fucking solid mill right there. Walter Matthau, Leah Thompson. Yeah, yeah. I mean, these are pretty heavy hitters, and there's a lot going on here. A lot of gags, a lot of stunts. Christopher Lloyd's makeup. Yikes. And the surgery that he had to have after taking a knife up the butt. Yeah, that's probably a real knife. Up the butt. <laughs> it does seem pretty high. I think maybe 20 would probably be fine, but they're thinking this is a big IP, Dennis the Menace, you know? Probably 10, 15 of that is all just marketing because I know that they marketed the heck out of this thing. This is everywhere. But did all well. Not too bad. The critics mm, didn't do so well with them. That's a 27% on the Tomato Meteor. Tomato Meteor? Tomato Meteor Man. Uh, and the audience score has got a 38%, which I think is absolutely fair. This is kind of a cartoon come to life kind of movie. Not to say I didn't laugh at all. There's a couple of laughs out of this. I also at one point in the movie thought, well, we must only have 10 minutes left and (laughs) uh, jiggled the mouse to find out to my horror that it was 53 minutes left. But other than that, I think it's a fine enough movie. But if you ask me, should you ever watch it? I will tell you no. What do you guys think? I don't understand who this movie was aimed at even it didn't feel like it was funny enough for a child to really care about watching it and like kids didn't really read dennis the menace funnies in the 90s i mean did you i didn't oh yeah the only thing i ever did was put silly putty on it oh yeah every sunday we would definitely check out the comics Uh, but that's not to say that this is you know it just felt like it wasn't aimed right i was more a wizard of id guy yeah bizarro (laughs) was my my jam To be honest, I'm a Calvin and Hobbes, but I mean, you know, any port in a storm. I like Slylock Fox a lot. Check them differences, baby. I didn't like this one at all. I got like one laugh out of it. And that was like pretty early on in the movie. So this one was not for me. All right, Sam, what would you say? Was this is this worth it? Should people watch it even for for kids? What do you guys think about that? Would you would you watch it with your kids? I probably wouldn't watch with my kids. It's on Netflix, so it's easy to get. And if you wanted to dig mm-hmm. into some 90s nostalgia, I think it's fine in that regard. I can't foresee myself watching it ever again, especially after knowing the, the poop room story. And that's all I'll think of. <laughs> all the poop. Yeah. It's just like the paint story, but with poop. The CG is a little more questionable. I can understand why he would be pretty mad about yeah. that. I'm going to write a comic strip about you and you're going to be a monster. <laughs> I just skimmed that tragic story. Was The part of the problem was he wrote it about his real life kid with his real life kid's name. So his kid was called Dennis the Menace by every teacher, every kid who saw Sunday Funny. And then he fought in Vietnam. Then he did fight in Vietnam, yeah. I said I wouldn't read it, but I did. I did skim it. He did go to his dad's third wife's wedding, but decided not to be part of the family very much. It's very grim. His life was rough. So 
Thank you, Dave, for bringing all that stuff up after we've already said all the things you can go ahead that and just make all cut it. the funny. You can just cut it. Well, too late for that now. Is it? It's just the poop stuff that I find most challenging. It's rough. Yeah, I don't know. It's not very fun. There's a hundred different better things. Unless this is something that you grew up with, like this is one of your movies, I could see. And it's, I mean, it's not a bad movie. All of the parts slot into play there's some funny lines it'd probably be pretty quotable if you grew up with this one but if you didn't grow up this one i don't think it's going to mm-hmm. grow on you yeah probably had to hit you just right all right well thank you so much for listening please remember to rate review and subscribe check us out next time for the mini we'll be wrapping up uh, our uh, our first comic book club of the month. So make sure to check out the mini episodes for more information. Yeah, and if you want to ahead of time read Killer Be Killed Volume One by Ed Brubaker, available on Hoodlaw. Yes, and we got the suggestion uh, for that from a listener. So if you have any suggestions or anything you'd like to hear us talk about, hit us up at Pod on Twitter or at Nerdaplexy at Gmail. Dot com. Please remember to uh, say what's up to Dave. Yeah, hit me up at the face of Dave on Twitter. I'm over at PGH underscore read. Sam's at PGH underscore SVH. And we're always uh, looking for new ideas for the show. Also, if you want to have, uh, if you have a movie that you'd love to hear us do on the show, uh, what's it worth to you? Because if you become a subscriber over at nerdaplexy.com, uh, we will do a bonus episode in your honor for just five buckaroonies a month. Plus, uh, lots of other stuff. Honestly, at that point, you can just kind of tell us what to do and we'll probably do it. So uh, put your money where your mouth is and our mouths will say what your money put us is. Now, until we meet again. Famous phrase. Yes, yeah, that's <laughs> how it goes. Uh, we'd like to leave you with this thought to ponder. Do you think the place that you put the cork when you put a cork in it is your bleeding butthole? (laughs) I do. (laughs) Just until you get to the emergency room. (laughs) Yeah, maybe if you put the... Maybe that's what had happened. Now, maybe Switchblade Sam stuck the cork in first so that it wasn't quite so painful. You're saying he knew that he was going to take that switchblade? I think you live a lifestyle like Switchblade Sam. You have an idea that around the corner at any point in time... I laughed more in this episode than I did watching that movie because this is... It was madness. <laughs> you just like listen to us talk about bloody butts. <laughs> it is funny. <laughs> Ooh, okay. Okay. I have to stop. I'm stopping recording. <laughs>